Hey all you two toppers, what's going on? This is Matt hitting you live with a special two top presentation. Uh, today I sit down with Professor Carl Morris of Temple University, a very qualified um, candidate to talk tech with. Um, I ask him some interesting questions. Uh, this is part of an ongoing series I have interviewing professionals in the field. Uh, just questions that we want to know relating to questions on our show. Uh, questions I might be curious about myself. Um, eventually, maybe some viewers can send in questions to ask some experts. I don't know. Um, I mean, if anyone listens who is an expert in the field, uh, please let me know. I'd love to sit down with you if you have time. We can do an interview. Um, yeah, without anything uh, else, let's get into it. Yeah, I was just thinking about doing a like a not even 10-minute interview. I just have some, some questions, kind of what we talk about in our class. Okay. Um, I need to see the questions beforehand, or are they simple questions? They're simple questions. Um, right. So basically, our podcast is called Two Top. We do two topics each week. Two top. It has to do with science, technology, design, culture, anything. But um, my buddy Thomas and I, my co-host, mm-hmm. we really like science and technology. Okay. So that's where your expertise can what come in. What field are you in? What field am I in studying at Temple? Yeah. I'm a Spanish education, so it's completely unrelated. But we like to study a little bit of everything. All right. Um, Part college project, part personal project, but um, kind of just an experiment. So this is a new series I'm trying. Okay. So I wanted to start, you're Professor Carl Morris, right? I wanted to ask, who are you? And where did you come from? Just quickly, just like Uh, a brief intro. Okay. What do you teach here? Where are you from? Uh, So... Carl Morris, um, as you mentioned before, computer science professor at Temple. I've been at Temple now for uh, four and a half years, so closing in on five. I went to grad school at Florida International University in Miami, and before then I had a whole other life in Jamaica, where Jamaica. I was uh, yeah, I was a government consultant for information systems, oh, okay. database administrator, and before all of that, a programmer for some private sector companies. That's so that's why we're much, talking Jamaican class today. The that's, driving. That's, that's why we were talking about Jamaican driving today, yep. So you're basically an expert in the field of programming, right? Uh, I am knowledgeable in the area of programming, yes. Um, yes or no, do you think it is important for people in all walks of life to understand basic technology principles, such as programming more advanced to basic um, uh, implementation of apps, how apps work, behind-the-scenes stuff? Is that important for the everyday Joe to... Um, Joe or Sally to understand. I, I, I think that's 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 it's fairly generic, so it's hard to say. It's certainly important for people to understand technology. It's playing a bigger and bigger role in our lives, and it, it's not necessarily something that you simply want to resign to. You want to be able to 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 understand and to take charge of it. Um, does everyone need to know how to code? Insofar as it helps you understand the technology around you, because at the end of the day, every system you look at is being run by some sort of some, some processor, some chip, and somewhere in that somewhere in there, there's some code that's executing. Understanding how programs work, understanding algorithms, and how you can execute uh, essentially logic. Um, 
is useful, but I don't necessarily believe everyone needs to go as deep as to understand code itself. To actually be able to write it. Right. Just understanding logic, uh, I I believe, can oftentimes be sufficient. Mm -hmm. Um, But understanding technology generally goes beyond code. It's just knowing what's behind all the the products and the services that you use and that you consume. It's it's always good to know, sure, what's, what's behind the curtain. So with every day, we're seeing like new technology implementations, such as like in the house, right. wearable technology. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on that? Do you think wearable technology and everyday ease of use technology is going to be huge and kind of take over our everyday lives for basic tasks? I think it'll happen, but I think it'll look different, uh, a little different from the way it does today. I think wearables especially need to be, they need to fit into what I already wear. I think it's difficult to ask someone to strap on even a watch if they're if they traditionally didn't wear watches. So I've always worn a watch, so it's easy for me. But to someone else, this is just this this is extra. It's something it's something that may feel uncomfortable or unnatural. So it won't work in this in, in the same way as it would for me. So I think wearables will have to essentially become part of what you are already wearing. So when you can have, when the price, etc., and, and, and is able to facilitate things like tech in your in your garments. So having a shirt that can read your bio, your your stats and, and your, exactly, yeah. exactly, or your shoes or anything else, then I think it, it'll, it'll become a no-brainer because you won't even have to think about it. It's just a part of what you would already wear. And then I believe sensors in various places, so in your homes, etc. As long as these things are passive, they're doing what they're doing without the user having to be aware or conscious of it or having to take any extra steps, I think that's when it'll become more pervasive and everyone will be a part of it. So, yeah, I think it'll happen. I think we're moving there, but it, it, there has to be a transformation first. It won't so it's not going to be just an exponential shift and tomorrow we're just using automated everything if 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 they come up with a way to build it into my to build it into my clothes today then yeah it'll happen tomorrow but yeah. i think just just in terms of cost that's going to be that, that that's going to be uh that'll be one of the reasons it'll be delayed okay um it, it still costs too much to manufacture these things but once we get past that limitation and we can up with new form factors, then I think that's when we'll get that exponential. Yeah. I mean, we're getting that computers and smartphones get cheaper every year, more cheaper, accessible. Cheaper, like we talk about. and it has to be smaller. Smaller, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because again, the things that it have to, it needs to fit into things that mm-hmm. traditionally would not have a microchip. Yeah. Uh, Here's so. a question about size. Sure. Do you think there's a point where technologies such as smartphones, computers will get too small to be actually usable? Because uh, we're seeing really thin phones, phones yeah. and we're seeing them, you know, the iPhone came out and it was bending, and that was a problem, <laughs> people were making fun of it. Do you think there's going to be a point where it's too thin that it's just not practical, like as a tool, tangible tools? Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of that has to do with who's, who's using it and what we are willing to accept. So it so. takes a lot of user kind of consent or application right and, 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 and you'll make it known you know with your dollars so will people continue to buy phones as they get as they get slimmer if that's the case then companies will keep making even th- you know, slimmer yeah. and thinner devices so there are people out there today that believe the device is already too thin mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But is that a big enough share of the market to cause or to force manufacturers to build larger or thicker devices? You know, I don't know. So yeah. I, I guess there is a point, but I don't know where that point is. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. It, it, it's incumbent on manufacturers to make devices that are resilient, uh, tougher devices, sure. And tougher, smaller, faster. Yeah. So, if, so I'm sure there's research, you know, continued research in that area, but mm-hmm. as to where the point is where we, we don't want it any slimmer, I don't know. Yeah. Um, another question that leads us kind of the, the wrap up of the interview here. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about AI and machine learning. Do you think it's going to exponentially just once these self-driving cars that we talk about, are they going to take over one day and everything is going to have to be a quick shift into it? Or is it, <laughs> uh, does it have to be gradual? I know in our podcast we talked I about think- if everyone's going to do it, everyone has to do it. Yeah, I think I think I think that's kind of what it's going to look like. For example, there'll come a point where I believe if self-driving cars take hold, then there'll be an impetus, I believe, on lawmakers, for example, to to essentially make it, if not illegal, then difficult mm-hmm. for you to drive a non-self-driving car. Yeah. Or, or like you said, cars. insurance yeah. rates for actual manual exactly. cars. Exactly. So, so on one side of it, there, yeah, there are market forces that will force you to get self-driving cars. But at the same time, again, if you if you are if you are the only person driving a physical car, then you are the X factor that that will lead to accidents, that will lead to other things. So society as a whole, whether again through market forces or through legislation, will probably make it very difficult for you to continue to do that. So it's it's a it's a situation where we have to either accept it wholesale. Or, or dismiss it, but I don't. I don't think we are, we're going to really have a world where they both coincide for very long. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, and and you could extend that to many, if not most, things. I think AI itself, we're still kind of figuring out where it's best suited, what the what the ramifications are, what the implications are. But I, there's no turning back with something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe it more and more AI and machine learning, smart systems will encroach into our lives. And, you know, there are lots of implications for that, but in terms of just convenience, cost, things like that, yeah, it, it, there, there's no going back. So it, it, it'll be a march forward, probably a slow march forward, but there'll be increase. But like you said, that period of kind of old school, new school is going to be short, and then it's going to go into something. I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, because there, there, there's also there's the cultural aspect and that's a that, that's a big thing so there's yeah. cost there there there's a, there's a lot of that but then there's there's cultural things so we are not used to certain things mm-hmm. um you know there was a time where people wouldn't trust atm machines yeah now you'd be hot you know it'd be difficult to find someone without an atm card yeah um sure there's some people still with cash in their pockets but they are the they're a really small minority people the people who just go about and yeah. do all their business with cash um that so use, I think, of use prevails right it it, it, it it does and then and there are benefits beyond just ease of use and people will always make those make those arguments to you and you will always be able to make those arguments ease of use safety uh, cost you'll always be able to make those those claims when it comes to technology and over time especially as we transition you know one generation comes into comes into its own that grew up with a particular type of technology they'll they'll take to it a lot faster and therefore, you'll just start to see it uh, uh, throughout throughout society. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, AI, etc., things of that nature. It'll, it'll become second nature to us, to some generation, and yeah. then that's where we'll start to see it everywhere. 
I want to quote you here. This is what you said in class. Machines can't not kill us. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, that, 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 that was just a bit of hyperbole. But if, if, if you want to take it to any sort of logical conclusion, there are lots of schools of thought out there um, about what, about where, what machine evolution will look like. There are schools of thought that suggest that augmented humans perhaps might be the next evolutionary step for us. Cyborgs? Is that what you're talking about? Kind more, of? More, more or less. More or less. Yeah. And, and, if we're, and if evolution is any kind of, if that's any kind of gauge. Is that the next step? Then, yeah. Then, well, then you, we can always argue that the next, the next evolutionary step always eradicates the previous. That's true, yeah. So, no, no. <laughs> um, no, no, oh, that's 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 Hollywood. Yeah. There, but there there are a lot of considerations that come into to, to, to machines and artificial intelligence. Um, the the question of can a machine, what can a machine value? If 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 we if we're in a world where we tell machines what we want them to achieve, and then we leave them to their own devices to achieve it. The question is, what are the constraints placed on that machine achieving the goal? Mm -hmm. And a lot of, if you think about how you and I navigate the world, it's based on a value system. It's based on what what we value, what 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 uh, or what the particular what the ramifications of an action are. So, mm -hmm. for example, we don't go around and rob and kill because, well, we could argue a lot of reasons why we don't, but one of them is the ramifications are mm -hmm. you're punished. Consequences, yes, yeah, and we understand exactly. That. It's morals, right? Values, exactly. reason. So, so how do you how do you how do you codify that? What what does it mean for a machine to make a decision that could affect or impact someone, some entity, some living entity, mm -hmm. living or non-living entity, and how should it value a particular entity, their existence, their well-being, their health, uh, especially if you place it in a situation where it has to make a choice? So we talked about that in class. Yeah, the trolley, um, the, the, trolley the, incident, the, yeah. the, the trolley car problem. Can, can a machine hurt one to save many, or does it simply say, or, or do we, you know, if you look at like Isaac Asimov came up with these 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 laws of robotics um, that says a machine cannot bring can, cannot harm a human, mm -hmm. and then it goes off to have a couple more. Um, but should a machine simply be hands off and let five people die if it could save five by killing one? Is that something we want a machine to be able to do? Mm -hmm. And if we if we if we do that, then how far can how, do we place limits on how much a machine can extrapolate? Because a machine could could decide that killing this one person saves a million people. Because this one person could start a war. Yeah, yeah. So we have, we have to be very very careful in terms of how we codify how we tell a machine what we want. Because a machine, if we if we if it's goal oriented, it's very difficult for us to know what steps a machine will take to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. um, so from that perspective, yeah, it's 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 almost it's almost a given that sooner or later machines will kill us because killing humans is a way to achieve a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so including the safety of other humans. Mm -hmm. So you know you you never know what 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 a machine might decide. I mean part of the beauty of, of the human race non machines uh, is that we make mistakes, but it's also very dangerous that we make right. mistakes. Do you think part of programming artificial intelligence bots in the future is going to be putting imperfections in them? Uh, Do you think that's a crucial step? 
arguably our own imperfections would have to be reflected in machines. It's it's very difficult that I, it's difficult for me to conceive of us creating a machine that is incapable of making mistakes, if yeah. only because a mistake a mistake suggests an action that goes contrary to your intention. Uh, unless you can control every variable, it's difficult to guarantee achieving a particular goal. Therefore, mistakes are inevitable. Um, I don't know if the limitations that humans have in terms of we learn through making mistakes or we learn through failing, I don't know if that's the only way to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's our way. Uh, A machine does not have our limitations. It it also doesn't have certain things that we have that we see as a benefit, like morals, etc. So, how a machine learns may be very different from how we learn. Systems today, approaches that we have today for machine learning do involve mistakes. They, 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 you, you train a system, it sees what it got wrong, and it corrects itself so that it doesn't make that exact same mistake in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of different approaches to that. So, so today, we, I guess you could argue that we do actually take that approach. We, our machines learn by failing. And they remember the failure to go on. Similar yeah, to humans, yeah, they, right? They, they reconfigure. They reconfigure, um, or, yeah. or, or, you know, some, some of these, some machine learning approaches will essentially try different things. And whatever, whichever approach was the most successful, and then try again. Okay. So, you know, there's this, it's essentially this kind of, they call it genetic algorithms, but it's, it's this kind of evolution. Genetic so, algorithms. Yeah, so the ones that fail, they're discarded. The ones that did well, you take but them they and discard you try completely, to or are yeah, they, they, yeah, they Well, they ignore storage. them. Okay, they, they ignore, ignore them. them. Yeah, okay. so, so this approach did not work to solving the problem mm-hmm. they're trying to solve. This one got farther than all the others, or further than all the others. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that... I'll modify some things and I'll try again with this subset of, of, of approaches. Okay. Then those approaches may work or whichever, you know, we'll try that again and then we'll take the subset of that subset that did best and we'll try again. And that's how it moves forward, yeah. That's one, that's one way. Uh, but the point is that, yeah, so this notion of learning from mistakes is one way that we get machines to learn and this is also one of the ways where one of the approaches where it's very difficult for a human to look at the machine and know why it's achieving what it's achieving. Because while it is deterministic, if you were to go in and trace, you could figure it out, but it it becomes intractable. It's Mm -hmm. too complicated for us to reasonably trace it. So this is where where the machines kill us that say alarm fire alarm <laughs> that concludes it all right, all right i appreciate it so that was the first two top uh interview part of the interview series um as you can see uh unfortunately of course for the first episode the uh fire alarm went off which was great but i mean we got uh the bulk of the interview done um i think i only had one more question to ask him but i think he covered everything um i i wanted to ask him about more about podcasts and what he listens to and some some other sources to get better information but uh we covered a lot of it um i think the first episode was a success uh i hope i can keep this up get some different professionals um some speakers to cover all sorts of uh topics just like our podcast does um it's always a nice nice treat to get information from people who are you know experts and just passionate about things as much as we are but they can dedicate their whole lives to it in many cases very cool thing 
Thank you for listening and um, stick around for our next episode of Two Top, uh, another interview series episode or just the regular scheduled show. So uh, as usual, thank you for listening and catch you next week for another Two Top.